lot of things in this world that come, could come between us and our Savior, habits of life, cares of this world, all the struggles around us. And I hope that even in coming together tonight, the Lord can encourage you in His Word. You can be seated, and I hope that's your desire to keep nothing between. We've been studying over the last several Wednesday nights on the ministry of the Holy Spirit and what it means to be Spirit-filled. The Word of God tells us that we are to be filled with the Spirit. And we know from the Scripture, as we've studied in the book of Acts so far, that we receive the Holy Spirit when we're saved. And yet there is a difference between having the Holy Spirit and being filled or controlled by the Holy Spirit. We've talked about the Holy Spirit's ministry in salvation, how He works in saving us. And we've talked about the sanctifying ministry of the Holy Spirit, how He works in us to change us, to be like Jesus Christ. We've looked last week at the strengthening ministry of the Holy Spirit that we truly could not do what God has called us to do without the strength of the Holy Spirit. Tonight I want you to continue on with me in our study as we talk about really the first part, we're going to do this in two parts, the serving ministry of the Holy Spirit. You know, the only thing of value that will outlive your short life on this planet is the eternal purpose of God being fulfilled through your life. James tells us uh, that our life is a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. So the only thing of value that will outlive you and me is that which is done for the Lord. What are you doing that has eternal value? Often we can get caught up just living from day to day and just getting the next thing done, just surviving another month, another year, just to get by. What are you doing that has eternal value? What is God accomplishing through you? Can you look back at your life over the past few months or past year or two and say, this is what God is accomplishing through me? Even seasoned Christians can fall into the trap of just looking back and say, well, God did this through me many, many years ago. What has God done through you lately? In what eternal cause are you engaged? As we study the ministry of the Holy Spirit, we learn that the Holy Spirit compels us to service. He calls us out of aimless, pointless living and engages us in God's eternal cause. He stirs our hearts with a passion to do more than just merely exist. And He constantly presses the child of God to be active in the service of God Almighty. The Christian life is not just a place to hide out in silence. We are called to action. We are to be in active duty work for God's purposes. The Christian life is designed not to be a life of merely input or output, 
Sometimes that's how we look at life, right? We just, how much can I put in or, or how much can I give out? One results in being puffed up with pride. The other results in being burnt out. Rather, the Christian life is, de- is designed to be one of throughput. We sang the song, Nothing Between, right? So that he, he can work through us all the way my Savior leads me. It's not just all about putting more into me or giving more out. It's about allowing God to work through me. That's why we're talking about the serving ministry of the Holy Spirit. All of God's saving and strengthening resources that we have studied so far flow into you that they might flow out of you to others. Many Christians accept God's gift of salvation. You know, people are excited about being saved. They enjoy the ministry of the Holy Spirit to strengthen them, but they never enter into the ministry of service. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9, the Bible says this, For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. We are here to work together for the glory of God. In Ephesians chapter 2, We know in verses 8 and 9, it says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. But verse 10 says this, For we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. God saved you not just to sit. He saved you to serve. And we serve best not by just giving more, but by allowing the Holy Spirit to work through us more. We're talking tonight about the serving ministry of the Holy Spirit. We're just going to cover two aspects of the serving ministry of the Holy Spirit tonight, and we'll get to some more details next week on that. But number one, I want you to write this down in your notes. We see that the Holy Spirit calls us. The Holy Spirit calls us. We're going to look at quite a few different scripture passages tonight, and I've put them up on the screen, and I wrote the references or typed them in on your notes so that you would have them. But I would encourage you to listen as I read through some of these quickly, and then encourage you to go back and read these and meditate on this truth yourself later. In Acts chapter 13, verses 1 and 2, the Bible says, Now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon that was called Niger and Lucius of Cyrene and Manaean, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. Here's all these different ones, some who had come from different countries, some from different backgrounds, one who had been raised up, who had grown up with Herod the Tetrarch. And it said, and Saul, who was Saul? That's who later became Paul the Apostle. In verse 2, notice it says, As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have, what's the next two words, called them. The Holy Spirit in His ministry of service, number one, the Holy Spirit calls us. He calls us to serve. He called Barnabas and Saul, later Paul, 
Or how about over in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 13 and 14, the Bible says, Hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me in faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus, that good thing which was committed unto thee, keep by the Holy Ghost which dwelleth in us. He said, you're able to keep, you're able to hang on to this truth. How? By the Holy Ghost which dwelleth in us. The Holy Spirit calls us into a ministry of service for the Lord. Ephesians 4.4 4 says, There is one body and one spirit, even as you're called, in one hope of your calling. What has the Holy Spirit called you to do? How has He called you into serving the Lord? There was a New York firefighter by the name of Timothy Stackpole who was severely burned back in a fire in 1998. And after months of rehabilitation, he insisted on returning to active duty in the late summer of 2001. And he was shortly thereafter promoted to captain. He was a great firefighter and he was passionate about his work. After his injury, many encouraged him to take a desk job saying he had already done enough work in the dangerous places, but he flatly refused. No, he could have taken an easier assignment. He, his heart was committed to his cause. His answer was, you don't understand. I have to rescue people. It is my duty. It is my calling. And on September 11, 2001, as he was just getting off of his shift and headed home, in the morning of September 11th, he heard the call for rescue workers being summoned out. And so he turned his car around and he went back to the World Trade Center. He organized a group of rescuers and they went into the second tower only moments later to have that tower collapse. And he lost his life. See, he knew his calling. It was to save people. And he gave his life to fulfill that calling. The Holy Spirit has called you and me to a life of service. Few are called to die for Christ, but every Christian is called to live for him. Are you clear about your calling? Is your commitment as strong as Timothy Stackpole, this firefighter, his mission was important. But people within your reach are dying without Christ. And you hold the truth of salvation. You are called to share Christ with them. The Holy Spirit's ministry of service begins as He calls us into the work that God has given for us to do. But you know, it'd be one thing just to be called and say, well, now I have this thing to do, but it's impossible to do. It's too big for me. And I think serving the Lord can be a very intimidating thing, can't it? Being called to serve, whether it's going to your neighbor to share Christ, a group, or teach a class, or, or to even sing in the choir, or serve in some other regard, that can be intimidating. 
So I'm thankful that the Holy Spirit, in his ministry of service, he, he not only calls us, but secondly, he empowers us. He gives us what is necessary to be able to do the work that he calls us to do. And that's a great thing, because I don't know about you, but if you've ever been asked to do something and then not given the tools or the wherewithal to do it, that can be one of the most frustrating things in the world. Several years ago, it's starting to be quite a few years ago now, but while I was in seminary, my boss at work, there was a merger in the company and a lot of things got switched around and so he was kind of on the outs and they didn't want to use him. There was a lot of politics at play, as you understand, sometimes can happen in the workplace. And so they put him in a position, gave him a responsibility, but then didn't give him the tools to be able to fulfill that responsibility. He said, well, I know what they were doing. They were trying to set him up to fail, right? I want to encourage you, God does not set you up to fail. He hasn't called you to do something that he does not also impact to be able to accomplish. But too often we struggle in the ministry that God has given us. Maybe we don't even step out into service fully trusting the Lord because we're afraid that we don't have enough in ourselves to get it accomplished. We're not smart enough. Or we don't have the right skills. We don't have enough experience. And the reality is you're absolutely correct. None of us in and of ourselves can do what God wants us to do. That's why we must have the empowering ministry of the Holy Spirit if we're going to serve God as He calls us to do. It is such a tremendous opportunity to be able to steward the influence that God has given you. Every single person in this room tonight has the opportunity to influence other people for Christ. Mothers and fathers have opportunities with their children. You have opportunities if you work someplace to influence your co-workers. You have family members. You have friends. You have neighbors. You have people that you don't even know their names that you have spiritual influence over. There's somebody watching you. And that can be scary, right? To think, well, what are they going to think? What if I mess up? Sometimes we can fall into the place of thinking that serving God is something that is beyond what you're capable of doing. Let me encourage you with a number of scriptures here tonight. Jesus said in Luke 4 verse 18, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because He hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty them that are bruised. Isn't it amazing to think that Jesus Christ himself said, I have the Spirit of the Lord upon me to empower me to do the work that God has for me. You would think if anybody wouldn't need this power, it would be Jesus Christ. But Jesus Christ, God in human flesh, the part of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they all working together to accomplish the work that God has to do in this world. Jesus also told his disciples in Acts chapter 1 and verse 4, he said, to wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. What was the promise of the Father? That he would send the Holy Spirit. So before the disciples were to go out in service to the Lord, they were to wait for the filling of the Spirit. 
because they needed the Holy Spirit's power to accomplish the work that God had given them to do. In John 20, verses 21 and 22, Jesus said to them again, Peace be unto you, as my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. There's the calling, right? And when he had said this, he breathed on them and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. What God calls you to do through His Holy Spirit, He empowers you to do through His Spirit. John 15 and verse 5, Jesus said, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. Nothing. So the call tonight is not about to try harder. It's not about more input or more output. It's about more throughput, allowing the Holy Spirit to do His work in you to stop what you're trying to do and say, God, work in me. God, forgive me of my sin and prepare me for your service. Lord, I can't do this without your strength, without your help. And in Acts 1 and verse 8, we see that strength, that power coming. He said, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Isn't it encouraging? He says, ye shall receive power. That's a certain promise. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, the comforting presence. He gives us power through His presence, and He says, and ye shall be witnesses unto me. This converting power to go and to share the good news so that people can be saved. You know, you can't save anybody, but God can. But you and I can go in the power of the Holy Spirit to share the good news and trust Him to save people from their sin. God did great things through His Holy Spirit in the ministry of early Christians who were common people with an uncommon power upon their lives. That's that blank there under number two in your notes. God uses common people with an uncommon power on their lives. It's easy to look around and say, well, I couldn't do anything. I mean, I, I, I can't speak like that. I can't sing like that. I don't know everything that that person knows. I've been through a lot of things. I have some struggles. I have some fears. God uses common people with an uncommon power on their lives. Let's look at some examples of this in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 4, verse 31, we looked at this passage just a few weeks ago on Sunday morning. It says, And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spake the word of God with boldness. What happened to change so that they would now speak the word of God with boldness? Well, the Holy Spirit empowered them. Or just a couple of verses later in Acts 4, verse 33, he says, And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. What took a bunch of, what changed so that a bunch of scared, 
disciples of Jesus Christ who were hiding out from the Roman authorities and from the religious leaders in the upper room after Jesus Christ was crucified. And even after his resurrection, they're back up in this upper room just waiting together, praying, talking to God. What changed? Well, the Holy Spirit came upon them and he empowered them for the service that God had called them to do. Acts chapter 6, verse 8 says, And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. Or in Acts 11, verse 24, it says, For he was a good man and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith, and much people was added unto the Lord. Acts 13, 52 says, And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost. Common people that God gave uncommon power to, to be able to fulfill the work of the Lord. In Acts chapter 17, verse 6, the Bible describes these people serving God in the power of the Holy Ghost as people who literally turned the world upside down. It says this, And when they had found them not, they drew Jason and certain brethren unto the rulers of the city, crying, These that have turned the world upside down are come hither also. What made Jason and these other disciples so unique? It wasn't their great speaking ability. It wasn't the fact that they were just smarter than everybody else around. What happened that they were able to change the world? They were just common people. It was the Holy Spirit's power that empowered them to do what God had called them to do. There's three ways that you and I can attempt the work of God. Number one, we can trust in our own strength and wisdom only to fail. We can trust in our own strength and wisdom only to fail. And number two, we can borrow the resources of the world and manufacture artificial results. And number three, we can depend on the power of God and see eternal results. There was a preacher back in the late 1800s by the name of Vance Havner, and he wrote a lot of books, a lot of his sermons have been recorded for us, and he made this statement. He said, we say we depend on the Holy Spirit, but actually... We are so wired up with our own devices that if the fire does not fall from heaven, we can turn on a switch and produce false fire of our own. If there is no sound of a rushing mighty wind, we have the furnace all set to blow hot air instead. God save us from a synthetic Pentecost. We have a lot of people today who try to manufacture the fire to make it look as if God's doing something great. The work of the Holy Spirit manifests itself in many different ways. We can read in Scripture how sometimes the Spirit came in just a still, small voice. Sometimes the work of the Holy Spirit is just God quietly speaking to you in your heart to teach you, to convict you, to guide you, to direct you. Sometimes the Holy Spirit is, is moving to, to break a hard heart 
and to bring somebody to Christ that you might look around and say, I don't see how they could have ever been saved. Sometimes it, the Holy Spirit's working is, is taking somebody who may be previously just kind of a normal, average person, and now they're speaking the truth of God with boldness. What changed? The Holy Spirit's power. Encouraging them through the Word of God. God uses common people and He endues them with uncommon power to be able to do the work of the Lord. A.W. Tozier said this, If the Holy Spirit was withdrawn from the church today, 95% of what we do would go on and no one would know the difference. I was thinking about that. Would that be true here? We have a lot going on. Are we doing it in our own strength? Or are we doing it in the Lord's strength? Are we, as we're going to do here in just a few minutes, are we taking time to pray and ask God to work so we can give Him the glory? Or are we rushing around in our own strength trying to do more ourselves? Are we trying to fake a work of the Holy Spirit? Are we just allowing God to work in, in hearts and to change lives? Do we trust God enough to obey Him and share the gospel, to obey Him and follow His commands? Or do we just sit back and live as if none of it's really true anyway? If we're going to experience the work of the Holy Spirit, we must be walking in obedience to and listening to the Holy Spirit. So few Christians truly live each day engaged in their calling and empowered by the Holy Spirit. What do you spend all your time doing? We have to work. We have to take care of our families. Mow your grass. Clean your house. Fold your laundry. Have to go to the doctor. Have to get your car fixed. Have to catch up on your favorite TV show. I don't know. A lot of things we have to do. But in the midst of all of the stuff that we fill our life with, are we doing it with the purpose of glorifying God and serving Him? Or is our service to God something that we keep in a nice, compact, for some very small, compact little box, that we pull out from time to time at the appropriate time, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night maybe even. These are the, the really serious servants here in the middle of the week, right? That we pull out and say, well, I, I did my service to the Lord, and after that's done, we put it back in the box and put that up on the shelf and then go about the rest of our day-to-day -day life without serving Him. You see, I believe no matter where you go, you can serve the Lord. In fact, 1 Corinthians 10.31 says it this way, whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. You see, wherever you go, you can serve the Lord. When you're at home, parents, you can be teaching your children the truth. You can be teaching it with your words and you can also be teaching it through your actions. 
employees, employers, when you go to work, when you're in conversation, as you're working through business, as frustrations come up, as they inevitably will, you can minister grace and truth, or you can fall and do the exact same thing everybody else does. You say, that's hard. Right, that's why we need the power of the Holy Spirit. What He calls us to do, He empowers us to do. God's given you and me influence with people around us. Don't get so busy checking where your influence is or who you're influencing. Instead, be more focused on that you are the right kind of influence for God to use wherever He puts you. God gives us opportunities to witness and to share Christ all of the time. Are we ready? Are we prepared? Are we thinking on what the Lord wants us to think about? Are we so busy rushing through our day that we miss the opportunities that God puts in our way? Perhaps that flat tire, perhaps that frustration at work, perhaps that you know, out-of-the-way opportunity that seems more of like a frustration than anything else the extra long line at the grocery store, whatever it might be. Perhaps God's doing His work in your life and someone else's to bring you across their path to give you a chance to minister. Maybe it's the neighbor who's out struggling with something in their front yard. Maybe it's the person that needs help unloading something. Can you help them physically and share the message of Christ at the same time? Yes, you can. The the Holy Spirit's Power is in you. If you're saved, He's given you His power. Your life is passing by. You only have a finite amount of time here on this earth. So serving the Holy Spirit or serving God through the power of the Holy Spirit is not something just to postpone and I'll wait till I'm older. You must sense the urgency And let the Holy Spirit focus your life priorities upon His call. God's given you His power. If you're saved here tonight, you have the Holy Spirit's power. But it might be like we've had here in this facility as we've been slowly fixing it up over the years, over the last four years. There were some, when we first moved in here, there were some light switches that turned on and no lights turned on. Well, at first you check the bulb, and when those are replaced, the light still didn't turn on. If it's a fluorescent light, you check the ballast, and it still didn't turn on. And sometimes you had to go all the way back and put in a new wire from the box. Now, we knew we were hooked up to the power grid from the city. They were nice to send us a bill, you know, from Centerpoint or from Reliant. I think we're with Reliant. So nice bill from Reliant every month. We knew we were using power in some places, but th- there were other places just didn't work. Was it because the power wasn't here? No, it's just because that light wasn't hooked up to the power properly. Spiritually speaking, that can happen to us. As a Christian, God's given you His power. The power of God's Holy Spirit is in you. But are you connected to it? One preacher said this, Anything done in our own strength will fail miserably or succeed even more miserably. Only what's done for Christ will last. Next week, we're going to learn some more about how the Holy Spirit does His 
ministry of service in us and through us. But I hope you take some time to think about it. What has the Holy Spirit called you to do? He's called every one of us to serve Him in some way. Very clearly, He's given us the Great Commission, going and making disciples, evangelizing the lost, helping them to grow so that then they can teach others also and go out and evangelize again. He's given us the responsibility to live by faith and to serve Him as the body in the local church to serve one another. He's called you to serve Him. I would ask you to take some time, maybe say this is easy for me, for others of you it might take, take some real time to think about it, and write down what has the Holy Spirit called me to do? What do I know based on the Word of God that God has called me to do? Because God's called every single one of you to do something, maybe several something. And then as you look at that list, pray for God's strength to empower you to be able to do what He's called you to do. And then I would love to be able to spend time with you talking about how we can help you as a church to grow, to be able to better serve God in the area that He's called you to serve Him. But as you sit there and look at your notes and you sit there and think, what has He called me to do? I'm not even really sure. If you're serious about serving the Lord and following God's call, because he's, he's called all of us to serve Him, then I'd love to talk with you how we can find out from God's Word what God wants you to do and help you in that process. I think a church is people that are called and empowered by the Holy Spirit is a church where I want to be. It's a place where I want to serve. It's a place where I want to grow with you as we follow the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, we love you and we thank you for this evening and time in your word tonight. Lord, you've called us to serve. And through your spirit, you've given us power to be able to serve. Help us now, Lord, as we contemplate these things tonight and then next week go deeper into some of the practical ways that this works itself out. You would help us each to be serious about your calling upon our life. Help us to understand there are people all around us that need to hear the good message, the good news, the gospel, that they can be saved through Jesus Christ, through His death, burial, and resurrection. Lord, I pray that you would continue to impress upon us the need, the urgency of service, and that you would help people in our church, even tonight, to sense that call and to commit themselves to serving you. In Jesus' name I pray.